O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We pray you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word, we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, so that by his coming we may worship you with pure minds, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is recorded in the book of Malachi, chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle is recorded in Paul's letter to the church of, at Rome, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here ends the epistle lesson. 
The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter, beginning at verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down by carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in Romans chapter 15. Let us hear again verses 4 and 13 in Jesus' name. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fellow redeemed, we've all had days that seemed hopeless. You make a mistake at work that will cost the company thousands of dollars to fix. Your car breaks down on your way to drop your child off at school. Your teacher gives you a pop quiz and you're totally unprepared and didn't read the assignment. As soon as you get a room of your house cleaned, a child comes and messes it up again. You look forward to a holiday gathering and a family member comes down with the flu and the celebration is canceled. Where do you find hope on days such as these? In the musical, anytime little orphan Annie got depressed and began to feel hopeless, she'd sing, the sun will come out tomorrow. Suddenly, she felt better, and she had hope for a brighter future. All of us want to have hope. We come up with little gimmicks to pick us up out of the dumps. When your child strikes out four times in a row in his little league game, you might buy him ice cream to lift his spirits. When your daughter scrapes her knee when rollerblading, you might kiss it to make it better. When your wife has a frustrating and long day home with the kids, you might take her out for dinner. But there are times when these gimmicks, these quick fixes, just won't do. You face a devastating tragedy, a serious illness, accident, loss of employment, destruction of your home. Things can get so bad sometimes that there doesn't seem to be any hope. But even then, there is hope. Our text today reminds us that the Bible is a book of hope. As we read the Bible, God speaks to us. He encourages us. He gives us strength to endure. He gives us examples of how he has delivered his people in the past. He says, I still have the same power and the same love to help you today. The Bible is the book of hope. Hope for Israel, hope for the nations, and hope for us. The Bible is a book of hope for Israel. When our text speaks of whatever things were written before, it is talking about the Old Testament. As New Testament believers, we might wonder what relevance the Old Testament has for our lives. To us, it may seem to be just a book of laws that no longer apply to us. However, 
the entire Old Testament in its laws and ceremonies and in its prophecies points ahead to the coming Christ. Paul wrote to the Colossians, these are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Our text tells us, Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament law, both the moral and the ceremonial, beginning with his shedding his blood in the covenant of circumcision as an eight-day-old baby. Jesus lived the perfect life under the law in our place for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and when he carried out his saving work as prophet, priest, and king, Jesus confirmed the promises made to the fathers, fulfilling each and every one of them. Jesus proved the truth that God always keeps his promises. The Old Testament was a book of hope for Israel. Jesus fulfilled their hope in the coming Savior. Yet we see from the New Testament scriptures and from history that many of the people of Israel did not believe in Jesus when he came to earth, suffered, and died. But God had also given promises to other people, the Gentiles, the nations outside of Israel. They were in a different position from Israel as far as God's promises uh, were concerned not being the chosen nation from whom the Savior was born. To the Israelites, even those among the congregation in Rome, the Gentiles appeared to be latecomers to the church. Those who had undergone the Old Testament ceremonies, such as circumcision and ritual washings, wondered, why should those Gentiles be allowed to come to God? They haven't lived according to the ceremonial laws. They weren't part of the chosen people. We too may look suspiciously at those who are new to our church. They didn't go to Sunday school or confirmation with us. How do they get to join us when they haven't gone through the work we have? The answer is found in our text in the phrase, His mercy. The Gentiles can come, not because they have earned their right, but because of God's mercy, and that can be stated of all people, including us, whether Jew or Gentile, people come to God not because we have earned or deserved it, not because of our own good works, but because of God's mercy. The inclusion of the Gentiles in his church was not an afterthought on God's part, or plan B after a failed first plan. The Gentiles were part of God's gracious plan all along. The Old Testament passage quoted by Paul in our text show that the Gentiles were the objects of God's mercy from the beginning. The Bible is a book of hope for the nations. Our text says of the root of Jesse, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Jesus suffered and was buried in the grave as an ill-favored root, concealed from the world, but rose again to life 
and from him grew that beautiful tree, the Christian church, spreading out into all the world. Christ is the one in whom faith is centered, in whom the hope of all peoples is found, whether from Israel or the nations. Thirdly, the Bible is a book of hope for us. Why did God have the scriptures recorded? For our learning. The Bible is not out of date. It still has a message of hope for us. The purpose for our learning the Bible is that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. In the Bible, we read of many flawed characters, Noah, Abraham, David, Jonah, and so forth. We may wonder why God would have us see their dirty laundry, their shameful sins, and weakness of faith. From their examples, we see that if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. From examples of believers who in their trials found their hope in God, we draw lessons of patience and comfort. Patience is something that is often in short supply in our lives. We lose patience with our children and spouse and co-workers. We feel like we're surrounded by idiots. We may even lose patience with God. We have a plan already laid out for our lives, and so we lose patience when things do not go as planned and find that God has other plans for us. The Greek word for patience means to remain under. The picture is of a weightlifter picking up a heavy barbell and holding it over his head and remaining under its weight. In our lives, then, patience means putting up with people who are weaker in faith or different from us, not just for a short time, but as long as it takes. Our model and motivation and patience is Jesus, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. The Book of Hope provides us with comfort needed in this world of loss and death, pain and separation. This comfort is found in the forgiveness of sins won by Christ. By faith in this forgiveness, we have peace with God where there once was separation and death becomes the gateway to eternal life. This is true comfort. It was this message of comfort that God proclaimed through uh, the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Warfare is ended. Iniquity is pardoned. Only in this gospel message is true comfort found. No matter how dark the day, the scriptures give us peace and joy and hope. The God who forgives us in Christ is directing all things for the sake of his believers. The Bible is the book of hope for us. The Bible is the book of hope for our relationships with others. Through the book of hope, the Holy Spirit makes us like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. Unity that agrees to disagree, or unity at the cost of giving up on certain 
biblical teachings is not what God wants. All the unity in the world still won't un, still won't do any good unless it is also in accord with what Jesus says. If 50 million people believe a wrong thing, it is still wrong. God wants unity based on the proper understanding and confession of God's word. This unity expresses itself as we confess with one mouth what we believe together with one mind. In this God-given unity, we are to receive one another as Christ also received us. Jesus accepted us, not because we were so cute and cuddly, or because we had a lot of potential, or because we were worth the bother, or because we thought as he did. In fact, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 that before we were brought to faith, we were objects of God's wrath and dead in sin. Yet despite of what we were like, Jesus accepted us and made us alive through the book of hope. The Holy Spirit brings us into the fellowship of believers where the forgiveness of sins that is ours in Christ enables us to live together in peace and harmony. In our everyday use, the word hope is rather weak. We say, I hope to finish this job today, or I hope the rain won't spoil our picnic. Such use of hope leaves considerable room for doubt and uncertainty of whether these things will come to be. But there is none of that uncertainty in what Paul is saying here. Hope means here sure and certain confidence in the faithful and true promises of God. The book of hope shows us how the cares of life need not choke out our God-given faith. The word was given to give us hope and encouragement that we might remain steadfast in faith. That is why we read, mark, learn, inwardly digest all that God's word speaks to us, that we might grow in faith and overcome the cares of life and find our peace in God through Jesus Christ. When things look hopeless, look to the Bible, the book of hope. Do you need help? God's word can provide it. Do you need forgiveness? God's word gives it. Do you need peace of mind? God's word promises it and will give it to you. When things look hopeless, turn to the Bible, which gives you encouragement and endurance. The Bible is the book of hope. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, as now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, through the centuries you repeated and affirmed your promise to send the offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head. Through your prophets of old, you continually directed the eyes of your people to the advent of their Savior. We praise you, O Lord, for keeping your promise and sending your Son to destroy the works of the devil. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of our King, use your mighty word to shatter our pride and to rouse us from spiritual slumber and apathy. Move us to take to heart the words of John, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
You sent your son to redeem us from sin. Let this good news be our joy and strength. Use it to cheer the lonely, encourage the fearful, and give hope to the despairing. In these days before Christmas, spare us from the stress of deadlines and the frenzy of commercialism. Fill our lives with the message of your peace and the music of your grace. Direct our eyes not only to the manger but to the skies, where we will see your Son coming again, not as a lowly child, but as the Lord of Lords. Lift up our hearts in joyful anticipation of that day. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, in your power, in your grace, and in your glory. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. For you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.